Welcome to Crossfade, the dueling album review show about expanding your musical horizons. This is Matt Helgeson reporting for Duty, joined by Jason. What's up? It's just me and Jason. It's getting a 21 gun salute, right? What is that? Yeah, is that yeah. is that part of the, what they do in the military? I guess. Wow, this is getting dramatic. <laughs> yeah, um, we talked about how to frit message this, and I decided yeah. it's dead, apparently, is the message. Wow. <laughs> uh, no, so I want to start the show. We just uh, kind of want to talk about a little bit what's going on. Um, basically, we are going to go on what we're calling an indefinite hiatus. Um, you know, we kind of did the same thing last year. We, at the, you know, around Christmas, New Year's, we, uh, you know, sort of took some time off. That was at a season one, and then we came back with season two. Um, this year, we are taking a break, but I think for me and Jason, uh, it, we didn't really want to commit to a time uh, coming back. Uh, and so, yeah, just to be transparent, I mean, our listeners uh, and community have been so great to us and uh, so supportive, and it's really just been a tremendously great thing in my life. Uh, we still love doing the show, but frankly – you know, just with work and, you know, Jason's got a lot more going on and, uh, you know, my daughter's getting older where there's a lot more activities and it's just, it, it's become harder and harder, I think. And Jason, you know, jump in here, but, um, mm-hmm. it's just been harder for us to like make this work, uh, life-wise. You probably notice we have defaulted to not having guests a little bit mm-hmm. more often than we did in the first season as well. And that's, was a function somewhat of just, you know, Booking can be complicated and finding times that people, you know, that are all across the country or sometimes the world can, you know, devote a couple hours to us becomes hard. And, you know, uh, so, I mean, Jason, jump in and and from your perspective, but yeah, man, it's, I mean, pretty much the same. Uh, it's, you know, a matter of how much time we would feel like we would need to spend to make it like the best and better show that we want to make. Um, and we know that we just can't give it that right now. Uh, like we said in the Patreon post where we asked for these songs we're going to discuss today, um, you know, we, we do have ideas about how to, you know, how we want to keep making it. We just, you know, it's a sustainability thing. I think folks yeah. will remember we, we took a break between what we called uh, seasons one and two. Um, and while I don't know if it's going to look like that between, you know, now and when we keep making whatever we keep making, can, cannot be said enough that it's uh, an incredibly fun thing to make that we, like, I enjoy every time that I get to do it. It's just how much time we feel like we have to prepare and how much, you know, uh, how, how long it takes to get a commitment and all those scheduling things that end up yeah. being sort of like the killer sometimes. Um, but no, I, I personally, I really want to thank everybody for listening. It's been a, a fun ride. Everybody who's asked about how we make the show, particularly as somebody, you know, is behind the one and twos, uh, editing and producing is a lot of fun to answer those questions and sort of talk to the community about making this show and doing all that kind of stuff. We hope you feel like it's been worth the ride. Um, because I know it's felt, you know, worth making it. Yeah. And, and Jason and I, uh, we've had some conversations about possible, you know, ways we can improve our process and maybe tweaks to the format, um, to make it a little more easy to manage in the future. Um, but also, you know, I think we just kind of need <laughs> to like not think about this podcast for yeah, a few months yeah. and you, then you were talking reconvene. before we got on, we were talking about like, it sounds stupid to call it like, it's just listening to music. Right. But it's like, you know, writing about video games is just playing video games, right? It's like, it's an active, but it's an active thing that you have to do that you have to like, you, you don't understand how many notes I take about the music we listen yeah, to and yeah. how much more music I listen to than that and how that takes time. And it's like, I can't do that during work. I'm just complaining at this point and I don't want to do that. But it's like, there's a, there's, you know, good reasons that I think everybody could generally agree upon why we, why we need to take a break. And uh, not that we don't like doing it, not that it's not that, you know, people aren't listening to it. 
and that you're not engaged. Uh, it's just a matter of what we feel like we can give to it that, yeah, and versus yeah. what it needs, you know? Yeah. And if it was totally like, you know, uh, <clears throat> I don't know what, if we were some, you know, some huge podcasters and it was like, we just show up and talked for a couple hours about tunes. That would be sweet. But you know, it's just not the reality of where we're Listen, at. We, I don't have that cachet yet. You're the one with 15,000 Twitter followers or whatever, Matt. No, seven. But, uh, seven. you know, it just, you know, we're, we're just at that stage where, you know, we're it, like, we've been, I think super fortunate to have the, the listenership that we have. It's, it's mm-hmm. really exceeded my expectations for the whole thing. Um, but you know, we're just not, it's still kind of a labor of love thing. And I think just recently uh, it's felt like just kind of too much uh, for our personal lives. And so we will be stepping back from it. Um, but again, you know, like, like I, I just want to reiterate how great uh, everyone has been on you know Twitter and uh, in the discord and just, you know, in general, just the community um, has been super supportive. I mean, I just don't, you know, it's almost like insanely good. You know, yeah. I, we've never, no. I've never even been trolled about the show once on Twitter. I don't think, you <laughs> that know? was wild. You were trolled yeah. so much as a GI editor. Yeah. You know, so it, it's just been so overwhelmingly positive and, you know, I've gotten to interact with a lot of cool people uh, on Twitter, you know, back and forth. And so it's been, it's been awesome. And that's uh, one of the reasons why we wanted to kind of end uh, this season of the show with a, a community shuffle. Um, and, and so we, we're, we're doing we're going to get through as many as we can here of uh, a random shuffle of uh, listener picks from the patreon um that jason uh, compiled and then shuffled so yes, yes. Um, um i i should say just shout out to everybody who left a comment question this is i think the most we've had uh since probably the beginning of the podcast um 91 total comments some of those are people ref- you know referencing suggesting a second song or sort of talking to other people in the comments but 91 suggestions is a pretty good suggestion box. Um, yeah, and definitely. apologies to anybody who left them after the cutoff date. I will add those to the community picks playlist, which will stay in perpetuity. Don't worry. Everything is still going to be where you expected to find it. Um, but I was able to pull, I think it's just over a dozen full, maybe just under 20 songs that we're going to be able to talk about today. Uh, suggested from all over the Patreon community. Um, and Hey, stay tuned to min, excuse me, patreon.com uh, slash minmax with two ends for all the other stuff that they're going to keep doing. We're just, you know, fading into the ether for a little while and you guys uh, can still catch up with whatever they're doing. Um, do you want me to introduce the first song before I embarrass myself any further? No, you, well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I think I'm going to butcher the pronunciation. So if you know it, Ooh, go uh, for it. Well, just in, and I'm go, I, I may also butcher the pronunciation, but um, Shazira uh, is stalwart of the MinMax community. I should say all over the discord, all over the Patreon, everywhere, just a real gem of the community um, suggested the song Shir Ali Merdan by, let me make sure. It is Niaz. I'm maybe mispronouncing the artist's name as well, but I did, gave it my best shot. This song uh, is um, is the first on the shuffle. I will play it right now uh, without any further ado and stop talking and start playing music. Yeah, so I was looking up this. I thought this was interesting, kind of a mix of like you know, kind of EDM and, and Persian music, mm-hmm. um, Sufi um, music in particular. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I love world music, and, and this is. I, I thought this was kind of a, a cool, um, you know, kind of mix of, of modern EDM and, and, and with with cool world music elements. I, I yeah. love that. I don't know. It's just interesting stuff from from other cultures has a different, you know, different scales, different melodic sensibilities. 
Yes, uh, and it is, uh, it's a theme that we return to in this shuffle. Um, no spoilers. If you've looked ahead at the episode description, you'll, you'll see. But uh, the idea of world music, um, the idea of like interesting instrumentation against a structure that you know, this like very rhythmically focused, um, you know, sort of uh, intonations on top through vocals. Um, but also in the most like monkey brain part of my brain, uh, we once had Darren Korb, a uh, composer for Supergiant Games and voice actor more recently for Supergiant Games on this podcast. And this song reminds me a lot of what he did for the Bastion soundtrack. Again, I probably yeah. dropped that dozens of times on this show, but um, he incorporated a lot of these more like rhythmic uh, EDM uh, sort of garage sounds against these very like uh, traditional and indigenous instruments, um, which did that, did it scratch the same place in your brain, Matt? Yeah, I, I didn't think of Bastion, but you're right. Totally. Um, yeah, so I mean, I, I like this. I think it's interesting too. Just um, as you mentioned, you know, we've, we've there's a few other uh, picks, uh, you know, from outside of the U.S. or outside mm-hmm. U.S. England. You know, world music is, is, as defined in America. You know, it's not yeah, really yeah. world Quote, music. It's, it's like world. just music. You know, to, <laughs> to everywhere else. But um, I find it is interesting how. Um, how much more uh, accessible and, and, and sort of mainstreamed world music is now. Um, I think oh, that's yeah. a, the subject of the, you know, streaming age, you know, there people weren't bound by, you know, terrestrial radio formats and, mm-hmm. and MTV and things like that. And it's, it's kind of interesting how many people now, you know, music from other countries and other languages, from other cultures, other music traditions are, are like a part of people's, you know, everyday music listening habits. And that's certainly, yeah. I mean, you know, wasn't the case always, you know? Yeah. I'm not sure if this is, you know, music that Shazira uh, listens to regularly, or if this is just something that appeared in their feed, but I feel like this could have showed up in, in my Spotify suggested feed because it's like looking at sort of the rhythms and the parts of the world that I listen to music from, and it's grabbing those. So maybe some of that, you know, uh, non us, non UK type sound would have been thrown into that mix. And it's just speaking to the power of, like you're saying, the, the algorithm, the streaming age, that it could show me that as legitimately as it could show me just another, you know, UK punk song that I already listened to, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I like this one. I, I, yeah, I, I quite really like it actually. This, this, it's a, uh, it's nice that it was at the beginning of the podcast, at the beginning of the playlist, because some, you know, not in this playlist specifically, but some of them can be more challenging, more long, more like experimental, maybe heavier. And if they're at the beginning of a podcast uh, playlist for me, can get yeah. a little hard to like get behind them this one's just good easy listening yeah she's a great vocalist too yes yeah um really great vocalist um but yeah this 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 was a nice uh you know nice one that something i knew literally nothing about you know which has been for sure one of the great things about these shuffle episodes all right yeah, let's, we play uh, that one for about the length of a normal song. The song goes on until about the six-minute mark, and unfortunately, we don't have time for every second of every song. But um, let me introduce the next one, uh, unless you want to. I guess I'm sort of taking the reins from you here. No, it's it's. I mean, you know, I think we're both in the same boat. You know, a lot of stuff's yeah, new yeah. to us. This is uh, the song "Sacred Tongue" by Nation of Language off the album "Introduction Presence." I don't know. I introduced that like I'm an FM DJ or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like I do that sometimes. I was just talking to my girlfriend about like how we don't introduce these like NPR songs, but I think we just both do that. 
All right, we're playing hot stacks of wax from the top of the racks. This is Sacred Tongue by Nation of Language. <laughs> is that yours? Did you come up with that? No, hot it's an old wax. saying. Yeah, I don't know. I walk nine o'clock as you stroll on the Stretched out. You ever you ever listen to a song and you're like, man, the strokes really did change. Uh, like soft rock. <laughs> yeah. I, there's actually one later in this thing that I felt more like that. Um, yeah. But, you know, there, so there's certain genres where, you know, certain people just like pop punk, right? And, you know, pop punk generally is a pretty narrow, you know, it's a narrow style, right? And sure. I will always sort of be a sucker for this kind of like early 80s kind of synth pop revivalism yes. kind of stuff. Um it's just something about that kind of sound. Like, I don't know. I'm a sucker for it, like, new wave, basically. Yeah, definitely. It's- <laughs> so even if, like, I don't know if this is, like, extraordinary, but I, I don't know. I tend to just like this stuff. It's just uh, one of those kind of comfort food things for me. Definitely. And, you know, it's it's sort of an easy layup. Oh, I should I should thank uh, Patreon supporter Nolan Kelly for giving us this song, by the way. Thank you so much, Nolan. Um, the, the thing about, like, it is an easy layup when you just have, like, whole note synths, um, a, a steady kick, and that, like, uh, sort of synth kind of, Yeah, yeah. yeah in, in the front. Uh, it just, like, you don't need these, um, you know, the Smiths-type vocals for things to... Or, sorry, no, the Cure-type vocals for things to, like, feel like the 80s. It could be much more melodic and up and down, but it's just, like, laying yeah. that bed, laying that that groundwork of this the reminds 80s me a sound. little bit more i don't know if you know like orchestral maneuvers in the dark um yes yes, yes. Vocals, yeah or like ultravox um but yeah you know it's like the classic all white key like new order keyboard playing yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Like the white all white key hunting pack stuff but you did know they, did they was was that a thing all white keys just like i think, the key I think new order is like all white keys <laughs> there was at a rock point, on but, but i mean you know they were very like new order was like super influential on whatever became like synth right. pop you know uh uh, but um, I did like this one. This one yeah, grooves. They you know? do it well. They do it well. You know. Yeah. When is this record from? I should have looked that up. Introduction, comma presence from twenty twenty. Goodness. Yeah. Well, it's certainly an emulation. It is weird though for me just to think like that. This kind of stuff is 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 every bit is. It, it, it's like it's totally the same as like you know uh, 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 like a white rock band in the 1960s trying to do like muddy waters kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like oh yeah, it, it's explicitly like a revival kind of thing. You know, like folk music or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but you know, like I said, I just FM synths and bass guitar, drum machines. It's you know yeah. romantic vocals. It's I'm, I just generally like that stuff. And this yeah, is cool. and and the whole democratization thing. Not to make, open up a new can of worms, but like the idea that anybody could make this kind of music at some level, maybe not that tightly produced, but like if you've got a keyboard, a synth keyboard, you could try to put together that beat from various sound patches oh, and stuff. Totally, you know? yeah. Kind of rocks. It's not like in the eighties when these guys had to like wrangle with these intensely expensive and right. hard to use like, you know, drum machines. You need like a degree in electrical engineering to be able to operate. <laughs> um, yeah, let's, uh, but that was cool. Let's move on to yeah, our next you. pick. This is, I think this is Pussifer. I've never quite, I, I've chosen to pronounce it Pucifer. I don't know. It's very possible. Um, but let's let's play this one. Uh, very familiar voice in this one. Green Valley by Pucifer. Mm-hmm. 
Hello, stranger. Can you tell us where you've been? Well, right off, it's Maynard James Keenan of Tool. Oh. Hard to miss. This is a. I know. I've. I'm, I've known this name. This has been like a long term. I think side project of his. Really, I uh, maybe a little bit embarrassed to say that I don't really know Tool that well at all. I like, I like Tool. Yeah, I know the I logo. Mean, they're sort of an absurd <laughs> band in many respects, but I've always liked Tool. Um, I haven't really been, you know, I'm not an obsessive fan. I saw them in, in concert once, um, mm-hmm. which I like. Uh, it was great. But don't you know? It's like I like. I've I've liked every arena show I've ever been to. Really. Uh, I just, I so rarely go to them. It's just kind of like, I think I just get swept up in the, in like the, the big production values and everything that's going on. It's just kind of, you know, I might go to an arena show like once every four years, five years or something. And so it's always kind of like an event to me. Yeah. yeah. But Tool was great. They was, they had a good production. They very like, (laughs) they like, oh man, he was like standing. He was like, they had this light thing where he was kind of lit from the, back in this way so you could only see his like um in a profile shadow Mm -hmm. of him moving on this like kind of round screen on the stage and then like kind of Cirque du Soleil like industrial Nine Inch Nails like Cirque du Soleil fucking people that came down (laughs) from the like the rafters of like the Excel Center (laughs) it was just a small production it was so so funny Uh, but it was you know it was cool but this this song is definitely um much less kind of uh like math rocky or you know metal it's less metal i would say than tool i can i can respect that because i quite liked this like how it starts with that you know almost folkish uh we were talking about the harmonies that excuse me that low used the husband and wife duo that made up low and how one of those songs um that's how you sing amazing grace how they use like this really creepy parallel fifths harmony and this song reminds Mm -hmm. me of that just because of the way that they kind of monotone that and the sort of almost droning chords underneath i really like this song and then when they beat hits it sort of turns into another thing it turns into a proper rock song yeah yeah it's definitely a little more direct than a tool song especially with the rhythm sections not doing like super complicated stuff and i like the vocals the backing vocals um a woman named karina round i believe karina round I like this one. This is one I'm going to take back with me. Um, this one was suggested by Ian Pierce uh, on Patreon. So thank you, yeah. Ian, for giving yeah, me. Listen to Tool, man. It's like, it's like yeah. smart metal. <laughs> smart metal? Kind of. Yeah, kind of. In a dumb way. Yeah. They did this one song that was like, somehow the music was like done to the Fibonacci sequence or some shit. And it was like this whole big thing. I don't know. Okay. You've sold me. <laughs> I like Tool while acknowledging Tool is kind of like absurd and dumb in some respects, but I mm-hmm. still like them. Um, but yeah, I, d- I really I like the vibe of the song, and um, yeah, it's kind of cool to hear. I like his, you know, he's, he's a, he has a cool voice, and it's cool to hear him in something a little bit different. For sure. That was Green Valley by Pucifer, or Pucifer, Pucifer. I guess there are a number of ways to pronounce it. Um, but uh, sorry, once again, suggested by Ian. Pierce on Patreon. I'm trying to make sure that I know the next artist that we appeared, or excuse me, that we uh, are about to discuss on this podcast. We also did another song by them. Uh, gee, in our first crossfade, yes, it was Cruel Summer 
by Taylor Swift was that song suggested by Michael Moran back in the day. Uh, and today's is um, Taylor Swift's Mirror Ball. I have to hit a quick control F for Mirror Ball because Mackenzie Bayer or Bayer, I'm sorry for mispronouncing your name, Mackenzie, but thank you for leaving us this song, Mirror Ball by Taylor Swift is next up. So this is a folklore from a couple oh, years ago. And this was kind of her like indie folk record kind of thing. Was that the, the vibe she was going for? I think so. This wasn't the first that she did with Jack Antonoff, but I think it might've been one of her first collaborations with um, that Desner guy from the national. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Not this song. I think this is an Antonoff joint for what it's worth. But those seem to be two of her biggest, uh, collaborators these Ooh. days this was a 20 Sheila releases so goddamned much music Matt like she's had at least a couple albums since this right I think so she just had one uh, Midnights or whatever I think yeah um, so how, I remember we were talking about Cruel Summer uh, back in the day and we had I won't say we had nothing to say we talked a lot about pop production and we talked about how like it doesn't even matter at a certain point whether you like it or not. You just have to recognize that it's well-made and that it's catchy. Does this one hit the same way, or is it more um, uh, aligned uh, with your tastes? I like the song. I mean, I, I like the kind of a little bit more, um, like it's kind of dreamy production a little mm-hmm. bit, you know, and the, some of the layers of vocals that she does. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, you know, She's definitely a craftsman, a craftsperson, um, mm-hmm. you know, just in terms of like, they, I mean, they know how to put together records, you know, and yeah. I, I, I mean, I think this is kind of an interesting, like, you know, sometimes I feel like a lot of big artists like this kind of, you know, like Drake does this a lot, like with like lesser known rappers, they kind of pick up vibes from other things that are a little more underground and, you know, mm. you know, I wonder if she was like listening to stuff like Lucy Dacus or Phoebe Bridgers sure, or stuff like sure. that and kind of, you know, incorporates that into something that... I don't know. Is this going to appeal to more people in some respects? Yeah, she she. Uh, I think she went cottage core with this one. If you're familiar, Matt, <laughs> I forgot about cottage core. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, wasn't uh, that like fascist or something? Secretly fascist on Twitter. I don't I, know. I might have been out of the loop for the cottage core fascist. Moment. Yeah, like drinking tea is fascist or some shit. I don't know. Woof. Oh wait. Nitty. Was it the sleepy time bear tea thing? <laughs> I don't Do you remember that? Is that a oh, thing? No, I don't. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to uh, say because they're like the sleepy time tea is was like born of a white supremacist, like an Aryan cult uh, that just went off in the woods and made their own shit. What? Oh man, it's it's quite a story. Like it's documented Whoa. that these that the group that started this like started this company as like a holistic tea, you know, uh, sort of thing that they actually had ties to Aryan movements and like. Uh, a religious text that called for the uh, disbanding of non-white races kind of thing. It was, Holy it's a completely shit. wild story that I, I go back to every year and read just cause it's so fucking wild. And then sleepy time okay. tea. Uh, I feel like we need to apologize to Taylor. <laughs> yeah. Like, she, she deserves, she deserves better than that. Let's listen to the song. Let's listen to the song for like 20 <laughs> seconds to, okay, uh, here we go. Uh, you know, apologize. I do like the production on this. I like the way everything feels kind of like a little bit farther away. Yeah. Yeah. You know, where a lot of her stuff feels like super vivid, like pop, you know what I mean? Like where everything's like kind of maxed out and like super in focus. Like this has a sort of like more gauzy kind of like layers to it. I do. I do. um, 
this it's just it, i like how it's produced if that was antonoff or whoever um or mm-hmm. her i'm sure she has a lot of say over all that too um but you know i mean like she's a you know she's a good songwriter you know and that's yeah and, She's obviously like one of the biggest artists in the world. So it's crazy. The whole um, ticket master but, thing but this, is this one, I was maybe a little bit more my speed than some of it. Yeah. Well, maybe you should check out the rest of the record. If you yeah. haven't already met, expand I'm, your musical horizons one last time. <laughs> Cottagecore Matt. I'm just going to like knit, knit and like drink, drink tea. Cottagecore Matt. Know. He grows like a really long yeah. beard and wears like Ging, uh, gingham. You got to wear gingham. <laughs> you got to wear gingham and, and like so, yeah, those huh. Scottish Highlanders hats. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's you. Yeah, Cottagecore yeah, yeah, yeah. version. Oh no. A cable knit sweater. Uh, fisherman, really like a Gordon's, a Gordon's yeah. fisherman kind of like sweater, <laughs> and maybe a pipe and like one of those kind of yeah, Scottish caps and a, and a jacket bit. of contrasting color. It's got to be like a bright orange or a, or yeah. a dingy oh, yeah, yellow yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, for sure, you really got for this. Sure. Uh, okay, well, thank you so much, Mackenzie Buyer. That was uh, Mirrorball by Taylor Swift on the shuffle. Uh, our next is a uh, the Killers joint. I get the feeling that maybe this might be one of Matt's least favorite groups, but maybe I'm mm, wrong. Maybe I, I feel that. like maybe they just got really popular. Uh, but anyway. Um, Miss Atomic Bomb, suggested by Ramses Garcia. This was off of maybe the last record I really listened to of theirs. I believe it's from Battleborn. Uh, this is Miss Atomic Bomb by The Killers. Uh, we can, I guess we can talk anytime over these. I'll just start playing them. I actually don't hate the killers. I don't, I mean, I don't really, I, I don't think of them often, but, um, <laughs> they're not on my mind. Uh, I mean, I, you know, Mr. Brightside, I guess is probably what I know the most. And that's, you know, that one's, it's hard to argue with, you know what I mean? It, yeah. It, it does have staying power. It, it, it's a, it's an anthem. Friends in the street. And I, you know, I kind of, a, I don't know. He has this sort of like emo version of like, Bono from YouTube, Bruce Springsteen mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. size ambitions, you know, which yeah. uh, I kind of appreciated. Like the takes a lot of moxie to kind of go for that, like you know, anthemic, inspirational type thing. Um, yeah, yeah. And I will say, like, I think they do it better on Samstown, uh, the record where when you were young is on, I believe. Um, oh yeah, okay. That's, They're probably that's one of those bands. If like, if I went to their show i would like know way more songs than i think I do. i'm certain you would yeah we had a boyfriend looked like a girlfriend yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah totally. they just got way more hits than you think um but this is the one i think where they leaned into that whole like bruce Springsteeniness uh the most you know little one-off tales about people who deserve more uh love respect and credit than they get in a small town america you know that mm-hmm. very much bruce style thing does that work for you with this guy's voice with their whole shtick yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I don't I don't know if it would grate on me, like, over the course of a full album, but, mm. you know, I've generally just heard them out in the world, you know, ambient stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. When is it? This, has, this is kicking in. When's it kicking in? Uh-oh. Ah! There you go. There's the kick in. Bruce. I guess maybe a little Bruce arcade lives. fire, too, like, I, you know, some, some of that yeah. kind of thing. Um, but, like. I don't know. They seem they seem like the warped tour version of like Arcade Fire. Okay, yeah, a little more <laughs> slick, a little more polished. Well, like yeah, and a little less like hip. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like less hipstery. Um, my roommate went to a concert of theirs at was it at Target or XL, uh, and said that they put on a hell of a show, um, and that they waited for the encore to play uh, Bright Mr. Brightside. So they just they've got their thing down pat. They don't need yeah. to do nothing but make catchy tunes for the rest of their <laughs> lives. You know. Classic move. 
the, the encore where you haven't played, you know. The one song. Oh, man. ACDC's not going to play You Shook Me All Night Long. This sucks. <laughs> Show's over. Wait a second. <laughs> Wait, why is he coming back out on the stage? <laughs> yeah. Do they do why, that? Why are all these guys tuning up guitars, like <laughs> rearranging the shit why, on stage? Why are the stagehands still there? <laughs> yeah. No, this is, you know, this whole album is inarguably just like listenable. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't call it my favorite by them or their best, oh, but here we go. like. All right, go get it, buddy. He's an atomic bomb. Thanks. I like Ram songs too, like where I can imagine like, like the certain moments when like they they do that in an arena show when they do like they hit the floodlights. Oh yeah, you know, they, like on that part, like what just happened. Yes, yes. Maybe on the last explosion, maybe they put some confetti, but not like not like balloons from the ceiling confetti. Just just the cannons on the stage. Yeah. So no, I mean, like I said, I I you know I've always thought these guys, you know. Seem pretty good, you know. Yeah. I mean, like I said, they're over the top, but I, I, I sort of appreciate the kind of yeah, yeah. Uh, willingness to try to go there, you know. Yeah. Well, if there's one artist that seems to be maybe diametrically opposed in the same space broadly as the Killers, it might be Black Country New Road. This sort oh, of yeah. uh, I, I don't know if you've checked these folks out. Um. Yeah. So you know, there's all that kind of you know new prog new math rock like you know black midi obviously mm-hmm. out of england and i think these guys as well um i the first album i really wanted to like i found the vocals a little grating um mm-hmm. and i i just couldn't like i was all for like hey let's go back to like you know late 90s kind of math rock stuff um but this one is kind of interesting because it's, it's it's a way different vibe than the stuff off the first album you know it's kind of almost kind of like like I don't know, irish music kind of elements and different instrumentation uh this is one of my favorites that we had on this this shuffle um and i I didn't really check out this current album but this kind of makes me want to check them out uh more um this is interesting to me cast space marine by black country new road given to us by holden hints thank you holden it's almost like kind of like a prog like pogues or something yeah. Maybe a little Gentle Giant, actually, in there. Ooh, I hear that. <laughs> Former, gentle uh, giant. Maybe some Little Feet? Yeah, oh my god, totally Little Feet. Or, yeah, yeah. or Dixie Dregs. Ooh, um, actually, you told me about Dixie Dregs years yeah. ago. Well, this is very English, like, here. This yeah, is, yeah. like, kind of... Proper kinksy. This stuff is called Music Hall, and I don't know what that means, but I just know it when I hear it. <laughs> and all British bands have... Music hall. Is it if you could imagine them like standing there in pauper's clothes in the middle well, of the theater? Music hall was kind of like I think it was this kind of like British standards kind of pop from maybe the forties and hmm. the early part of the century. Like the Beatles have a lot of that stuff. The Kinks do. You know, think about a song like When I'm Sixty Four. By oh the Beatles. yeah, it's a little old timey. You know what I mean, and mm-hmm. kind of corny. But I think it was very popular with like that generation's parents. You know, yeah, like the Maxwell, war generations. Maxwell's Silver Hammer and what yes. John Lennon called. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, what was it? Uh, Paul's like dipshit granny, granny music. music or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I really so, dug this. Yeah, it was the same vocalist, uh, I think, from the first through this record. Um, did do you think the music just changed to where it better fit the vocals for you? Maybe or? I, you know, truly, I, I, I think I like listened to that first album once because it kind of got a lot of hype and stuff. Uh-huh. Oh, there's also an old band called the Water Boys. Maybe like reminds mm. me a bit about. They were kind of this folk, folk kind of thing. But yeah, I thought. What, do you like this? I mean, yeah, no, I do. Um, I've been trying uh, with some success to get closer to this like new math rock, new nearly spoken word type, um, newly like uh, sort of avant garde, maybe but approachable type music from come from the UK again the Black yeah. Midi thing I've fallen in love with Black Midi I just saw them at First Ave a couple months ago um, I would have seen these folks when they were on tour I think their lead singer from this record left just before this one released and I don't think they're playing any of this music live or at least that's what Wikipedia said I don't know if they helped oh, to wow. that yeah I guess they were only going to out of respect to that singer they were just going to play new stuff I don't know if that oh, ended wow. up panning out okay. that's kind of a kind of a move but yes no I really fell in love with this I get like I tend to look at things through a lens of crossfade lately ever since we started making this show. Um, and Wilco is one that came to my mind. If Wilco had like crazy hmm. pomp and circumstance type prog, I think it would come out kind of like this. Huh? You know, wow, if they played with, their, I wouldn't have thought that, but if they played with their, uh, you know, instrumentation a little more and their rhythms a little bit more. I think it might come out kind of like this, not vocally, but like in terms of the instrumentation and rhythm, and there's just a certain organicness to it. Uh, if that's a word, yeah. Also, there's sax on this. I, I'm pretty sure I heard saxophone, which I'm always yeah. I'm always bring back rock sax, man. You know, bring back rock sax. <laughs> no, that, I, I enjoyed that. No, I'm, I definitely want to check out this album. Yeah, uh, that was Ants from Up There. Is that record? Uh, Black Country New Road with Chaos Space Marine. Thank you again to Holden Hints for that song on our shuffle. The next uh, on our path is actually a song that I have really loved for many years. I first listened to this record when it came out in what, 08, it must have been? Um, the Modern Leper by Frightened Rabbit uh, from uh, The Midnight Organ Fight. I love this record. Yeah, sadly, I think I became aware of this band. Um, the lead singer, uh, Scott Hutchison. Uh, Hutchinson. I mean, he came to uh, sort of, he committed suicide, no? Yes. Um, so I just, like, I kind of, like, it's always sad when you, like, hear about a band when somebody dies, you know what I mean? But, yeah, uh, yeah. That's really, um, was some of the real tragedy. Um, and it there was, was just a lot of outpouring of love for him on Twitter that couple days. I just, so I, I, I became aware of them, sadly, because of that. Yeah, it's, it, it, I won't dwell on it too much. It really bummed me out. I don't get, like, way too bummed out by celebrity or artist deaths just because I don't, I'm not close to them, obviously. But this one did. I found this music with my brother, when I was in high school and we just fell in love with it together and it just was one of those staple records, you know, that's always playing around. Um, and we felt like we had found something great that nobody else knew about kind of thing. Uh, mm -hmm. And um, yeah, there's, uh, he actually, I believe he uh, committed suicide by jumping in, uh, I couldn't tell you, uh, a river in Scotland. Um, Jesus. And, and drowned. And he had actually like, I think on the next record after this, wrote a song or like they wrote and recorded a song about doing exactly that. Um, so like poetic, you know, continuity or whatever, I guess, Sad. like wow. really, really, really a, a, a huge loss. Um, there are, like you said, there was a huge outpouring, uh, from artists all around. There's, you know, tribute albums and there's a fund to, uh, you know, sort of 
combat uh, the effects of depression in you know people's lives and you know yeah. they're just an incredible amount of momentum behind this person uh, that continued beyond his death but this yeah. record is is like it's something to listen to in retrospect um, it's very confessional it's very sad it's also just very catchy this this is like like a stomp and holler song you know yeah. it's just that Scottish uh, <sighs> grab your Some, beer sometimes when he, when he goes over like high notes he reminds me of a singer Mark Eitzel um, hmm. I like a lot who was in a band called American Music Club very depressing music as well really um, but yeah th- you know so this is interesting because you know like I, i'm on record as not being like you know super into the kind of like that that era kind of like lumineers kind of folk inspirational yeah. thing but like, there, <laughs> Indie like rock there's a thing here accent. there's like a certain i always feel like with folk you know like let's say singer songwriter music like you're kind of you're not really buying into like somebody doing something new it's just you're sort of buying into like the person singing it, right? Right, right. Like you either like they're communicating some emotion that like resonates with you or they're not, right? Like the songs are just like acoustic guitar chords that everyone's used forever, you know? Right. And and this guy as opposed to the stuff that I, you know, kinda talked about, which just sort of felt like, you know, iPod commercial stuff, like, you know I don't know. This this I understand why people embrace this guy over, like in a different way, maybe mm-hmm. a more a deeper way or, or whatever. In a oof, man, I'm you know really. I mean, he must was probably mid thirties or something, probably early thirties, maybe um, close to forty. Yeah, man, that's no, too it was, bad. It was a huge loss. Um, yeah. real, real, real bummer at the time. Uh, that was twenty sixteen, seventeen. Um, but this record does uh, live on, and it's wonderful to go back to. Um, obviously, harrowing in retrospect, but really 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 well-made music and i think their whole discography is really solid this era i think is where they got the most attention it's where they kind of blew up but you should check it out uh that's frightened rabbit with um the modern leper from the midnight organ fight and i didn't say but that song was given to us by halia kasishki thank you so much halia um we have uh one well many more songs in this in this shuffle uh this one i think matt you might have been familiar with by the before we uh before we started. Yeah, I mean, not this particular song. Mm-hmm. Um, Craig Finn uh, is, uh, you know, Minnesota always pops up in these things. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, he was in he was in a band I, I really loved called Lifter Puller back in the day. Um, you know, I was, I mean, I wouldn't say I knew him, but, you know, we were definitely at one point on kind of like, hey, man, what's up? You know, at shows kind of thing. Oh, really? Yeah. Jo- uh, Unbelievable Jolly Machine, the show I had with Andy McNamara from Game Informer. We, yeah. we played at least one show with Lifter Puller. Um, he was always a really nice guy. Um, hmm. Then he obviously went on to even bigger, bigger success with the Hold Steady, and he's done a series of um, solo albums. And the solo albums I, I haven't really kept tabs on. Um, but yeah, Craig's got an interesting kind of songwriting voice, I would say. Yeah. Uh, thank you to Gabriel Cleveland for this one. It is Messing with the Settings by Craig Finn. Yeah, he's he's a little more like this is way more you know, like downbeat and kind of mm-hmm. um, folky kind of you know than than the stuff he's more known for, right? We used to post up for days at this place in the flats. 
But this kind of like narration of these kind of like, you know, drugged out people and stuff is definitely his kind of his thing. What did you think of this? I'm curious because like this is a maybe a weird place to come to him, but yeah. Um, so I'm sure that I've heard the Hold Steady in passing. I forget if it was on this show or somebody else talked about how like eventually if you live in Minnesota and you're of a certain age, uh, you will eventually start listening to and liking the Hold Steady. I think I'm waiting for that to happen maybe in my 30s. Uh, give it a month or so. Um, <laughs> but I really, I came back to this song several times outside of, uh, you know, playlist listening for the podcast because it does, there's something about his delivery that's like conversational but very like, I don't know. There's, yeah, talk, kinda, there's talk right, music that's like, you know, a little bit cheesy or a little bit performing. It feels like he's just kind of like musing to himself at times. And sometimes he's having a conversation and then he breaks into song in the chorus. And that delivery, I think, really makes this song for me because the story just rings a little more real, a little more true when it feels like a conversation, I guess. And it's weird to say that about a song, but. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's got a very kind of writerly you know, almost short story kind of aspect. Yeah. And like the lines mostly rhyme, mm-hmm. but they're not rhythmic, which I'm not used to. Yeah. I'm trying to think, I would say for hold steady, I would check out either separation Sunday. Um, hold steady almost killed me separation Sunday and boys and girls in America probably. And then uh-huh. for lifter puller, um, half dead and dynamite. And, uh, what was the last one? Entertainment and Arts EP is great. Um, okay. But yeah, I, I mean, they're like, he has, he has a big body of work, you know? Yeah, they're less folky than this, but more. Yeah, um, much less. But more, but still the same, like, delivery, sort of that sloppy rhythm, uh, you know? Yeah. Okay. And these kind of like tales of people that, you know, sort of on the margins, like, kind of, you know. Beating and sinking. Friday's making eyes at guys cashing their checks and other forms of magical thinking. Is, in your own estimation, so uh, this this artist, uh, Craig Finn, grew up in, I think it was Edina? Um, yeah. D- is he singing about a person from Minnesota? I think this person's name is Rachel. Uh, yeah. He talks about driving back to the city after her death and like how they've turned the old factories into lofts, apartments. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just like, he talks about coming out of the city from the west, from Colorado. Uh, yeah. I really like... Um, yeah, no, definitely he is. Um, you know, the, I had one actual conversation with the guy. Mm-hmm. We were playing. Um, we were both opening for Arc Welder and um, the entry. Ooh, and nice. we were just talking and he was like, his whole thing. And, and the Hold Steady really does this. And, and so did Lifter Puller. But his whole thing was like, I, I, I wanted to create like this sort of semi, you know, fictionalized Minneapolis of the mind. That was huh. based on real things. Like his his whole thing was how you know, kind of Bruce Springsteen conjured up this kind of like, especially in his early stuff. This kind of like all these characters like on the Jersey Shore, mm. you know, kind of like scraping along and trying to get by and stuff. And so like he really was influenced by Springsteen in that kind of conceptual way. You know, like he yeah. wanted to make this kind of and the, and the hold steady kind of has like and, and lifter puller also had kind of recurring characters that would pop up like the eye patch guy or like huh. um, Saint Patty who was Patty. Uh, from Dillinger 4, the punk band. Um, so, yeah, he definitely... It, it, this sort of real yet kind of, you know, semi-fictional Minneapolis that he's sort of created is definitely like the... the I don't know. The muse of his, his work, I would say. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I asked then because 
whenever I hear that an artist is from Minneapolis, I'm like, did they write about Minneapolis? Did they, uh, did they, oh, do yeah. they think about that often? But it seems like that's pretty core. Yeah, him him stuff. probably more than anybody. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. This is a good one. I'll go yeah, back to yeah. this record. Thank you again to Gabriel Cleveland for messing with the settings by Craig Finn. We, uh, I think we just sort of repeat the chorus from here. Yeah. So yeah. Let's to move give on. Us the this next the one is a, a. Well, I haven't heard this live version. I hadn't heard this live version, but this is a, a group that I was a really big fan when it when it came out. This is the knife. Mm-hmm. Um, were you familiar with the knife? No. It sort of at times it kind of sounds a little bit like, uh, like the, the the leads in the like the synthy parts almost sound like n- very new craft work, and I only know that because we covered craft work on this podcast once, and because I'm a very simple uh, simpleton who just hears electronic music and thinks craft work. But no, mm-hmm. I did not know the knife. Uh, this is a group you did though. Yeah, I would. This album, uh, the album this is off of Silent Shout is it's just an amazing record. Like, um, and they also had a they had a. Um, uh, Karen, uh, the, the singer, had a, a side project called Fever Ray that was all, all, also very good. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I loved, I loved this uh, this album. They're from Sweden. Um, I mean, I hear a little bit of Bjork in her delivery sometimes. Um, sure, but yeah, oh. I, the, the Silent Shout is a classic to me like, of, of that kind of era. Um, Um, I should say Emily Reese of uh, uh, Level with Emily, a, a podcast also produced here in Minneapolis. Um, uh, she would uh, chide you. It's actually Bjork, if Bjerk, I remember correctly. Right, yeah, that's right. That, that's that's one of the many things that stuck with me from that episode. I know, Emily, and I, we all know, apologize. I will never get that right ever again. <laughs> well, and you've been saying your name for you know twenty years or something. Yeah, you know, it, it's just Bjork. Um, anyway, um, so in what ways does this uh, is this like? different from that is it just like her delivery is Bjorkish? is it i just like some some of her like just like the melodic kind of thing i mean not totally Bjork sure or bjork is uh very <laughs> you're probably trying to slip it in there huh probably yeah <laughs> probably the most uh uh distinctive vocalist maybe ever you know one of sure. the most distinctive so i don't want to say she's exactly a, a replica or anything because i but yeah, like this is this reminds me of like kind of the blog era of music. You know what I mean? The blog <laughs> era, huh? Like MT, M, MP3 blogs and stuff. Oh, and, um, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, man, this this Silent Shout is a great record. It really is, and the Fever Ray stuff is great. So I would encourage anyone if you like this song, uh, yeah, to I'll check listen, it out. I listen to more of it. Um, it seems like this kind of music invaded, not invaded in a bad way, but invaded and sort of infiltrated pop music too. Like this mm-hmm. is clearly an electronic song with melody. But I feel like a lot of pop music, like very vocally led, catchy pop music, incorporated this kind of rhythm and these kind of synth bits eventually. Mm-hmm. And like most excuse me, pop songs you hear on the radio, a lot of the top 40 has this, both yeah. you know, male and female led uh, pop songs. I don't know if yeah. that's just Silent Show was 06, but... I guess. I'm just looking it up. So 06. Yeah, that sounds yeah, about right. Yeah. I feel like around in the in the 10s is when we started to really hear that production style come yeah. in vogue. Yeah, they are. I mean, like I said, really a. Uh... I think tremendous band, and she she had a very weird like you know kind of stage. She would wear these really grotesque masks and stuff sometimes. Ooh, yeah, they're really interesting. Um, cool. Um, 
Podbod gave us this song, by the way, a frequent contributor to the Crossfade Community Picks playlist. Thank you again, Podbot. Yeah, let's uh, let's switch gears here. Um, this is a song called "Through the Echoes" by Paolo Nutini. Um, I'm always wondering what it would be like to die. It, it's wild to me. Like this music is like it's so big. Like I never heard of this guy. And then I went to his Spotify page, and like his biggest song is like 179 million listens. You know, I um, did not check that out. Yeah, it's just wild, though. You know, there's so much. Luca Alberti, a name almost as interesting as Paolo Nutini, is the one who gave us this song. Thank you, Paolo. This, or excuse me, <laughs> Luca. This may have been my favorite of the crop uh, of the of this shuffle because I was certain it was from the 1970s at the latest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was gonna say like he has the key the to making like, in my opinion, like live band stuff sound great. It's like. He's, there's some reverb on the vocals, but like everything else is like super dry. Yeah, like there's no like gated reverb on the drums at all. Right, like everything is super kind of woody and flat. And like if you listen to like you know say uh, a Harvest by Neil Young, who we did you know the last episode, like that record is so dry. Yeah, um, and a lot of that singer songwriter stuff from the early '70s is, is is super dry. And like I think people just reach for reverb now because there's just plugins and it's like so easy to kind of make it seem. A little bit, you know, atmospheric or something. But right. he also just has like a powerhouse voice. It like it's weird to say it sounds like a voice from the nineteen sixties, nineteen seventies, but it does. It sounds like like a West Coast folk voice from nineteen seventy one. You know? Yeah, yeah. I really. This is just a. Yeah, this is kind of just classic, like old school pop songwriting, you know. Right. In the in the sort of like, you know, James Taylor, Carol King, or Carol, yeah, kind of way, you know. Yeah. Also, a, a bit of an R and B tinge, you know, kind of mm-hmm. like I, I dare not compare it to like the greats, but I wouldn't say it's outside of the same field as like a Sam Cooke or an Otis Redding, you know, just that, well, that great amount of soul to it. Yeah. I'd pump your brakes a little bit, but nah, I think I'm going to steer into the skid on this one, Matt. He definitely sounds exactly like Bill Withers on this track. <laughs> You're talking about some of like the all time, all time. No, I mean yeah. like he's, he's, no, clearly, he's no, he was clearly influenced. You know, I, I kid. He's got a great voice. Like he he really has a great voice. Right, right. Okay, maybe it's more like a like a Joe Cocker or something. It's got that. I think they're running a guitar through like a Leslie speaker, the the one with the, the spinning ding. thing in it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that kind of organy sounding guitar. That's yeah, a yeah. great. 
the great sound. Classic Good to make song. it sound like it came from the seventies. Yeah. Straight to you. Really great song. Thank you, Luca, for "Through the Echoes" by Paolo Nutini. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about um, stump and clap? like country blues these days Matt like modern versions of well, it let's find out let's find out with Thin Line by Honey Honey the the first like 10 seconds are like the um, theme song to Justified the show <laughs> so that made me happy made me think I was gonna watch Justified do you know that I, I, is is that the one with um, Timothy Oliphant as a small town sheriff in uh, Wild West, or is that the yeah, other one? Yeah, well, Timothy he's, he's a federal marshal in kind of like in, in hill ah, country. Okay, it's um, I don't know if you're like um, Walton Goggins. I love Walton um, Goggins. It it's to me, it's his role of his lifetime. Really, it's Boyd Crowder. Yeah. So hard these days play if you like Walton Goggins, his 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 character on that show is like. They're sort of the like through the whole show. They're the kind of like, you know, I guess adversaries. But there's a certain kind of weird relationship they have. Okay, um, they are two, yeah, it's, like, it's a fun show. Yeah, bandy looking guys with long faces. I, yeah, I do like that. Yeah, that Timothy Oliphant. He's a, he's a tall drink of water. That guy. He's, he's pretty uh, sexy. Yeah, do not do not mess with that guy. No, no, he will steal your wife. But yeah, this is kind of like yeah that kind of swampy like blues country thing. Um, I don't know this band at all. Um, I don't either, but um, let's see. Matt Rogers, you have Matt Rogers to thank, who actually says, love the podcast and please return. Matt, thank you for all the kind words uh, and for the wonderful song. Um, yeah. This, yeah, I do this. I feel this like this sh- band probably wears hats. Yeah, they've got to. You know, you know Maybe some scarves, uh, but not the annoying yeah, kind. definitely hats. So brim hats. Yeah. You know I mean, not like baseball hats. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ooh, the banjo. Forgot it's got banjo in it. Yeah, that's, that's always classic. That kind of like... I feel I, this kicks in at a certain point to a little more rocky thing as well. Yeah, it really hits. I forget what point, but it does hit like a more electric flare. We're about two minutes in, so I, I guess we must be close. And apologies, listener. There are some snowblowers running outside my house. We just had a blizzard here in Minneapolis. Oof. It's not nice outside. That could be better. Yeah. What, are, what are we at? We're minus nine right now, according to my phone. Oh, my God, man. <laughs> Feels like negative thirty two with the wind. <laughs> Is that what it says? Yeah. My oh phone my god! It's cold. See this. This takes me down to like the bayou. You know what I mean? Where it's warm. Yes. Yeah. I wish I, w- I wish I was wherever this kind of music was being played. You know what I mean? <laughs> just stumble into the nearest. <sighs> yes, dude, we could just do. We could not be here. We could just be like on a front porch. You know, drinking some bourbon and like you know what I mean. <laughs> Give me some sarsaparilla. Yeah. Yeah. Just you know, Jack Daniels and lemonade. <laughs> ah, that'd be nice. Someday living the life, yeah. We're podcasting from the front porch of a wraparound, <laughs> like yep. old plantation home or something. Yep, exactly. But yeah, this is totally isn't like something I you know style I listen to often. But I thought it seems it seems like it's well done. You know, she's a good vocalist. And I like yeah, the, the yeah, arrangements are good. I like the instrumentation of it. Yeah, they made um, it the right way. I think, which yeah, is yeah. Uh, you don't you don't over affect this. You just give it the most like crunchy sound you can, and that constant four on the floor thing. Mm-hmm. Like that's all you really need to make this music work. It again is music that I can take in measure, and I did like kind of fall into this rabbit hole. Um, this like very rock. Uh, blasting blues type sound in college and I think I can now take it in small doses and enjoy it and this was just the right dose yeah yeah cool 
Well, thank you again, Matt Rogers, for Thin Line by Honey Honey. Uh, you want to tell us about the next song, Matt? This is a band called Haken. I'm assuming that's how they say it. H-A-K-E-N. Um, they are a apparently a long-running progressive metal band from England that I was not aware of. Um, Ooh. This one goes through some changes. Yeah. If you got timestamps, let me know, but otherwise I'll just let it run. Well, it's just kind of the intro, and then it goes into a different thing. Mm-hmm. One, one less, one less life, one less life for us to live. Holding, holding on, holding on to something. Really I really like this part. I'm just kind of weird, like arty, very stilted kind of synth pop thing. This, uh, this Alt J type stuff. Oh, I don't know Alt J. Oh no, is this what they're like? Kind of. Okay. Yeah. Very easy to make fun of. Okay. But yeah, I don't know. I kind of like this sort of weird, like, proggy synth pop thing. Yeah. Um, I, I think that it's going to make a change to something a little more, you know, conventionally kind of metal, you know. If your soul could cry for me, I like that little. There are almost some, like, elements of, like, EDM in there, too. Yeah. It's kind of, like. Is that the break you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or that more of that uh, pop metal? Actually, some of this isn't isn't totally dissimilar to Tool in some ways. Really? Yeah. This um, is reminding me of, um, and I like uh, Thank You Scientist quite a bit. I believe it was Bianca Reichert's brother. That's right. Is in yeah, that band? He's like, uh, he's like a crazy like virtuoso and yes. like kind of yes. known in that sort of like guitar magazine website kind of world. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it doesn't like I don't think they go off like Thank You Scientist goes off and Thank You Scientist has a number of interesting instrumentation choices that separate it from sounds like this but like this sort of like chugging metal prog yeah. sound is sort of like the realm that they operate in that that, key, dun, 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 dun. that reminds me it's of pretty Tool good. like that cadence is very Tool to me oh really mm-hmm. I mean they're a little fa- more fanciful than Tool you know and uh-huh. a little more like explicitly in a prog rocky, but but yeah, I guess I'm always sort of fascinated when I find these bands that like do big tours and like you've never heard of them, and they're like prog has such a like a, a weird like subculture and loyal fan bases and stuff that like I'm sure these bands do like good sized places all over the world. You oh know? yeah. Yeah, Prague just is it's like it never really goes away, you know, it just kinda surfaces in different different ways. Yeah. It uh turns into different things. Um we have Sjors Van Berkel to thank for this song. I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly. Uh either way, thank you so much for suggesting this song for us to listen to. It does like you ever have one of those songs that's like, oh man, like seventeen year old Matt would have fucking loved this, would have had this on repeat. <laughs> Me now, I can like look back on this and say I would have loved this. I don't dis I, like I don't. Uh, uh, I wanted I wanted to use the word disenjoy, but maybe that's just because I'm drinking a an Ewald the Golden from Utapil's Brewery locally here. <laughs> um, maybe it's just taking over my brain well, a little hey, bit. Hey, uh, Bavarian dude, star, not, Bavarian style Hefeweizen. Product placement, dude. <laughs> it's a wonderful Bavarian style Hefeweizen, hazy golden hue with aromas mm. of banana and clove. Utapilsbrewing.com, Minneapolis. Well, I think maybe Utapils gave Ben something. Some okay. like stock for okay. for anyway. Okay. Maybe, oh, maybe I had one did, of those actually. when I did the 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 yeah the um the <laughs> uh 
Um, oh, the charity but, stream. Yeah, the charity stream. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so maybe... Jason, would this would would the Utipils pair well with my Blue Apron meals? Um, I think so. If you got a nice uh, like something with chard in it, uh, you okay. might be able to you know uh, great, find great. a great pairing there. You know, great. something something savory, something meaty. Okay, well. Uh, I'm sure, the I'm sure they'll the go down to stamps.com and <laughs> ship that right out to me. And I will be, oh. <laughs> uh, I'll just wait in my uh, sleep number bed uh, or whatever, yeah. whoever did my uh, Yeah, pillows. it's adjustable, right? Pillow, so you can, you can find, we, we can we can actually be side by side enjoying our Blue Apron and our Utipos together. <laughs> podcast from bed because we'll each have our own, you know, tailored comfort. You know, It'll be like Wally, but uh, but instead of just <laughs> yeah, watching things, we're going to be talking and listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're getting off track. Here. We're getting let's off track, and we've let's, let's five move to the next one here. Song. Thank yeah. you again to Sears yeah. for this. No, that was song. cool. I dug it. Yeah, yeah it is fun. Um, uh, this next one, Matt, I'm so glad that you knew the reference when I said, "Have you seen the movie that this song is in?" Because by God, I'm so glad that it came up in the shuffle. <laughs> I, I I should tell you, I did not have my fingers on the on the till at all. I did not like uh, play with the scale on what songs got shuffled here solely by chance this song one probably okay. the one that i was most excited to talk about did get shuffled so Man, the, I'll let you was the it. was was rrr like a big fave of the the try love podcast group the oh i don't know if they sponsor us yet Matt. um uh try love most of the group has seen it i think maybe all of the group has seen it we all loved it i actually got to see rrr uh, for the first time in Chicago in a like a, a public screening with the director of the movie in attendance where he gave like oh, a wow. Q&A afterward. And he, that's where he confirmed that like, oh, there's, there's a sequel in the works. And he sort of gave it delved into like how the reception has been watching that movie in a theater with people is um, it's one of my favorite movie theater experiences ever. Definitely my favorite of the year uh, It's the music box theater in Chicago. Shout outs. Um, nice. So glad I got to go to it. Uh, it was night before somebody messaged me back on Twitter and said, you can like, you can have my ticket, just pay me what I paid. And it was like 20 bucks. Incredible yeah. Experience. So and I guess we should maybe for people that actually talk don't about know, it's a, it's a, a Bollywood movie, correct? And uh, Tollywood, if I remember it's Telugu Tal- in language. So that's like a oh, subset okay, of Bollywood. Okay, yeah. Okay. Um, but yes, it's, it's, I mean, it's everything. It's a action movie. It's it's drama. It's, a, it's romance. It's, it's sexy. A, it's a angry. It's funny. Point. So, like, we should note that the music and the, there's the music is much more integral to this movie um, than just being like the soundtrack, right? You know, there's like yes, there are whole musical it, numbers where people like explain motivations and talk about the plot. Yeah, it's just man, that movie's like drinking from a fire hose. You know what I mean? It's just so felt, felt, fucking <laughs> felt good. Like five movies. Um, my only. Could they have trimmed like a half hour off it? Maybe, maybe you know, it, it was long, but like it was like some just absurd action sequences. Yes. Um, I the only thing I was wary about a little bit is I felt like there was a whole kind of um, political narrative and underpinning to the whole thing that I wait due to my know, own kind of wait, American what? ignorance. Um, I, I just don't know and i so i don't know like if it if it's a good political thing bad political thing you know I, that was you know, i i just there was such a heavy like political allegory to it and I, uh-huh. you know it was clearly based on you know events or political movements that i've just you know sadly like right ignorant of you know it is it is um a tale of two revolutionaries who come to uh i guess rebel against and lead a rebellion against the uh, colonizing british forces in india uh, in the 19 teens, twenties. Yeah. Um, it is, but that's just the platform for what the movie actually is. It is in 
a wild ass time. Um, few scenes hit better in, in a theater than this scene, the setup. And I think it is important because it's a very hype song is yeah. that uh, one of the main characters has fallen in love with one of the uh, women of the British empire. Um, a woman with a kind heart. Apparently he sees it in her eyes. He is invited to her soiree. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm, I just love this movie so much. People, uh, he, people definitely like in that movie, in this movie, like, like deep, lifelong bonds are like in one second it is exactly as we should all try to live you're in like you've talked to this person for like literally five minutes and, and you are destined to be with yes, them forever exactly, yes um, exactly. he's invited to her soiree he can't dance the british dances and the british can't dance his dance which is led by this song called natu natu it is from rrr yeah uh, please this is enjoy. a great a really funny and great like amazing sequence in, in the in the movie too it is so good Yeah, and I just loved it. It's like, we're just going to be like every kind of movie in three hours. <laughs> every, the whole spectrum of human emotion is reflected in RRR. Yeah. Also, too, man, the uh, just as like dancers and like, oh, my God, you know, a- action, you know, like almost Jackie Chan kind of stuff. Like they're, they're tremendous physical performers, too. Yes. Like, you know, yes. just really gifted and and. Uh, just like absurdly <laughs> choreographed fight scenes and dance sequences that are just so much. It um, is the most expensive um, uh, Bollywood film ever made, I believe, or maybe Telugu language. I forget. Uh, at like seventy million dollars, and then you look at a uh, uh, the Avengers movie, the last Avengers movie that came out was like four hundred million. You think about how much they got out of a much smaller budget. Yeah. Yeah, this is a great song. It is. Uh, I mean, and like I said, it almost. I mean, most of these songs have something going on. Whether it's describing the um, relationship between the two main characters or sort of their shared mission, there's a lot of dramatic tension. With one of them is a police officer, but the other doesn't know it, and the other one is the man that he's hunting for, but they don't know it about each other. You know, it's very much like that Les Misérables type thing. Um, they're singing about like their long-time friendship that's thinking about how they have shared visions and missions and values uh and how they're like just there to bro down and support each other uh and at the same time it's about you know an anti-colonial rebellion i guess it's very mm-hmm. very very like strong filmmaking it is unapologetically fun and this music production like this isn't the only music song like this isn't the, this is the barn burner i guess but there are several more yeah, musical yeah. segments that just rock and fit so well yeah it's just determined to be like like entertainment in your face, like literally every minute of the movie, you know? Yeah. Like there's just no downtime. It's just like, they just go, <laughs> it's on 10 the whole time. And that's you know kind of the beauty of it. I mean, I, I got like, I, I read something about the, I think there's like the anti-colonial thing is obviously very, very mm-hmm. obvious. Um, but I think there's some other stuff going on there with like factions within India. And I'm not entirely mm-hmm. sure. I, I read a little thing on it. I wasn't quite clear on it. Yeah. But yeah. I think no, there's some deeper nuance. To the thing. Matt and I are not yet Hindu nationalists, but we do like this movie quite a bit. <laughs> um, th- like the lyrics going on in the background here, uh, not to like a sharp dagger dance in such a way that the blood in your body jumps violently, which will make the earth tremble. The life force inside you should dance with joy. So jump until the dust rises into the air. And they're just going fucking wild, like Matt yeah, said. They're that's, just that's lyricism right there. And at this point in the song, the two main characters, Ram and Beam, 
are dancing alone again because everybody else has passed out or fallen on the ground from joy and they are just one-upping each other the whole time with crazier and crazier dance moves yeah this is it was a it's definitely one of the movies i mean i don't keep up on the movies of the year like you do but i mean it definitely feels like something you should see Yes, it is maybe the best of the year, uh, definitely up there. Um, Bob, Bob Kinnear also loved it so much, said that one of the best scenes from my one of my favorite movies of the year uh, and suggested this song. So thank you, Bob. Uh, and thank you for giving me an excuse to gush about RRR a little bit. I knew nothing going in. You might know a little bit more now, listener, than, uh, than maybe you really should, but you don't know nearly enough because you haven't seen the movie. Go check it out. Um, this is not a plug for Netflix. Uh, just, just watch it however you can. Uh, let's see. We have... Four more songs on my list, um, starting with uh, a yeah. group called POS, uh, which another uh, Minneapolis. I, oh, really? I would not have guessed. Uh, POS with um, wearing a bear. Yeah, yeah. POS is part of the. Um, he's part of the larger uh, Doom Tree Collective with oh. um, Dessa, um, you know, Cecil Otter, Laserbeak. I had no idea. Um, yeah, Laserbeak was is probably now most known for like you know producing the first Lizzo record before pre-fame called Lizzo bangers. Um, well, yeah, no POS is, you know, he's been really big, you know, in kind of the Minneapolis, you know, uh, underground rap scene, you know, the kind of, you know, atmosphere and that kind of stuff. So sick. Well, yeah. you get front row seats to one of their songs right now with wearing a bear. Yeah. 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 If that's P let me hear you say, uh, did he say what I thought he said there? Make him say, huh? Did he say, if that's P? Yeah, so that's a... Oh, is he like referencing the artist's name, P.O.S.? No, he's referencing Master P. Oh. One of his big songs is Make Him Say, uh. Oh, okay. It's a reference to Master P. God, um, I'm glad I asked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, Master P lived here for a while. In Minneapolis? Yeah, I think his son was like a big prep basketball player up here. Cool. So is this your flavor of uh, hip hop and rap? I mean, it's one of them. I mean, I've always I've always enjoyed his stuff for sure. Um, you know, um, this this one I don't I don't I have haven't heard. I probably lost touch at a certain point. Um, what, what do you think of this? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not the guy to like critically evaluate rap that much. I really like the beat. It does move it like enough to like maintain my interest. Uh, the delivery is obviously very like emphatic and and varied. It doesn't again. If it the best thing that uh, that a rap song can do is like not not stay the same the entire four minutes that it goes. And this one this one meets that bar for me. I uh, I'd be lying if I said that I could pay attention to the lyrics because I largely don't in a lot of music but uh but yeah it, it is it is a good song it uh it it moves it it works um with the flow of this playlist in particular we've gone from natu natu a crazy dance song and after this we've got some 80s 90s like pop punk uh well not pop punk but pop and punk influenced music uh and having this break in the middle was really nice uh change of pace couple dollars in a full tank shifty manu samaroni and roman mars is with me yeah yeah, no, uh, I know. Uh, what was his big? His second album was big. POS is ruining my life. There's one called Audition that was pretty big. This is maybe around 08, something like that. Oh, yeah. uh, 
He also has like a hardcore, he had a kind of a noisy kind of hardcore band called Building Better Bombs. Um, but yeah, no, I, I don't know what he's been up to as of late, but um, yeah, huh. he was he was pretty big on, you know, the local and, and sort of underground national scene. Hmm. Well, if just to um, yeah, yeah, if just to get familiar with uh, with with Minneapolis artists, I'll give POS more of a listen. Yeah, uh, that one came to us from Josh Labaugh. Thank you so much, Josh. Uh, the next song was about to start there before I caught it. The next song uh, is called. Uh, it's by a band called Yacht Club. Um, comes from us from a, a Ming Max supporter. Bezlo says you guys should listen to "You Don't Know Me" by Yacht Club. So that we will. Yeah. I mean, again, with the kind of new wave, kind of early 80s throwback thing, I'm a Mm -hmm. fan. Um, This is the one that I thought about the Strokes, like, production style. Yeah, yeah, that makes more sense. Kind of thin, like, everything's kind of in that that mid-range, compressed kind of zone with, like, Mm -hmm. really... You know what I mean? There's not a lot of body to the drums and stuff. Yeah, yeah, there's a certain hiss up top, yeah. also has that uh i mean brush broadly it's not as like synthy or as driving beat e but does it s- scratch a certain 80s itch for you yeah that kind of kind of like i'll melt yeah. with you do you know that song by exactly yeah. you yeah. know it's got that kind of like yeah like just it's like a new wave thing you know like skinny tie music or something yeah you know? oh weird okay this guy is from like Literally, the last place I would guess. Uh, uh, the Dominican Republic. Well, no, he's <laughs> from America. Um, I mean, I guess yes, he could be from like you know, yeah, Thailand or something. But um, no, Mississippi raised and Nashville based. Whoa, this, this is, is not, not a Mississippi sound I, or a Nashville sound. Yeah, I don't associate that from. I guess somebody. Yeah, just, I actually really like yeah. this song. And this one too, like I think he um What was the name uh what was the one Nation of Language? Uh yes, the one of the first songs we listened to was Sacred Tongue by Nation of Language. Yeah, I mean they yeah. were more synthy and this is a little more guitar based, obviously. But uh-huh, um uh-huh. you know I, I remember, will say this one has a really good I think he goes for it a little bit more in the chorus than they yeah. do. Um I feel like it kind of has that lift. It almost sounds like home produced almost. Um, I don't know if it is, but it reminds me very much of the music of car seat headrest. And I, I don't know if you have um, the only re- excuse me reference I have for your opinion on car seat headrest is that you really, really don't like his cover of uh, running up that hill by Kate oh, Bush. Yeah. Right. This, you just don't need to do that. You don't need to cover <laughs> Kate Bush, man. <laughs> you don't need to do but that. Like this folks, course that's is what really he says. This, this actually gets a little more Smithsy. Mm hmm. I can almost hear like a Morrissey kind of, you know, singing that kind of melody. Um, yeah, I think- yeah. This is this is all stuff that I like. I said I'm kind of a sucker for. I think this guy does it pretty well. Um, yeah, I you know, Carsey Headrest. I checked out their first album, which is like forever ago, and I just didn't really do a whole lot for me, so I just never really checked him out. Um, so, but I like this. So if it's like this, I like it. Yeah, some of it. It's a little bit more noisy than this. Uh, maybe a little bit more. DIY punk, less eighties, but that 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 lead, mm-hmm. the fact that that goes through the chorus too, or at least that rhythm goes, that is the most Elvis Costello-y you know eighties stuff I can imagine. Totally, uh, yeah. very very like evocative. It's another like cheat code for that genre, yeah. for that style. 
the kind of like light, light light chorus pedal thing he's got going on. Exactly. Yeah, it's very very eighties. Um, but yeah, I this, like this. It's yeah. a good song. This is a good good little uh, rock and roll number. This one's going on my personal playlists for. Uh, oh, let's see. You don't know me. This song released in 2022, so it's going on my favorite songs of 2022 playlist. Thank you so much, Bezlo, once again for the suggestion. This is Yacht Club with "You Don't Know Me," and none of those words are spelled as you uh, should uh, as you should want to see them spelled. None of them are capitalized. No punctuation. Y O T Yacht Yacht. You don't. Um, those are uh, you know nobody's giving him points for uh, for grammar here, but uh, I'll put away my inner writer and the outer writer too to get to the next song. For Aisha, um, by Memba, even Gia, and the Nuren sisters. So this is Memba, mm-hmm. and then uh, the singer's Evan. I'm just going off of what Spotify says. It looks like Gia. This was featured, uh, says Jeff Enright, who gave us this song for the shuffle. Um, suggests this uh, song because it came in the opening credits to an episode of Miss Marvel. Matt, I know you're a little burnt out on the MCU stuff. Did you catch uh, any Ms. Marvel? No, I loved. I watched it with my daughter. It was great. Oh yeah, I just well yeah, like the you know there was the kind of interesting cultural background and like the partition thing, which I was not aware of. Again, hmm. demonstrating my ignorance. Um, that was interesting. I thought she was super charming. I like my daughter's twelve, so I liked that it was pitched like a little bit younger. You know, like oh, a yeah. little more tween. I thought and um. I don't know. I thought that was that. I thought that was probably one of the Marvel things I've liked the most in recent years. Probably nice. I would not have guessed that you would have delved in here, but makes sense. Whatever gets you into it. You remember hearing this song in it? Now it's kind of ringing a bell now. But I mean, I I'm imagining the show and like this fits like super perfectly with the show's overall vibe. Oh, yeah. You know, again, that's I mean, did of you like, watch it? No, no, I didn't. I, I've really have not kept up with my Marvel or Disney stuff over the last year. Um, yeah, that was the one I watched. And it was mostly like, uh, you know, it's always, you know, you're always trying to find stuff you can watch with the kid and stuff. So, uh-huh. um, and we got really into it and it wasn't too long. Like there wasn't a, too many episodes. Um, yeah, I thought it was really, it was fun, you know? Yeah. But I have weird Marvel tastes. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah, think what like is Ant Man? Ant Man's good. Ant Man's good. <laughs> um, I, I'm a big fan of Iron Man. Uh, Iron Man three, the one with Mickey Rourke. Is that the one with Mickey Rourke? Yeah, the it? one that's sort of like an '80s buddy cop comedy in disguise. Yeah. I like that. I mean, I kind of like the Avengers movies probably the least in a way. Yeah, yeah. Did you see um, 
the Doctor Strange that it was I think the second Doctor Strange movie, the one directed by Sam Raimi. That I did want to see and I have it. I I love I saw that movie twice in the theater. I'm again I'm a little burnt out on the MCU stuff. That one that one made me interested again. Yeah, I forgot that was Raimi. I should I mean he's generally a real a real ringer, yeah. Weirdo. Uh, so I'm sure it's got some odd <laughs> kind of rainy type stuff in very it. Very strange. Very strange. Nice. They yeah, kind of I forgot about that one. But yeah, no, uh, Miss Marvel, I was really a, like a cute, fun, you know, show. Nice. Well, I'm glad that this uh, sort of sings with the, no pun intended, with the tone of the show. Uh, mm-hmm. And it, I mean, very I like this so, yeah. song, so maybe I'd be interested in watching the show too. Not to judge media by media, but I... Uh, yeah, and even, even with this music, like, it, it's sort of a mix of like, you know, Western pop, um, in, in world music, and I think in the show, there's like you know she's she's obviously you know more in, in tune with like American culture than her parents, and you know so there's some uh-huh. of that you know kind of classic teen stuff. Um, so the music kind of fits that in, in, in a sense as well. Okay, nice. Well, I do like this. I like the beat. I like the hooks on top. It's just got a good vibe to it. Thank you, Jeff Enright. Um, we have one more song. If you can bear a little bit more math rock for us, Matt. Oh yeah, this is like, uh, yeah, there used to be like this is just a throwback. I feel like it's like 1999, 2000, 2001 with this stuff, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah this dismemberment plan. Um, oh yeah, we talked about that. Uh, yeah, you on know, this or podcast. God, Q and not you, or I don't know. There's this town needs guns. <laughs> That's a later one. Uh, this one is um, both an artist name that I really like and. A phrase that just comes to my head sometimes, just one of those things that won't leave my brain, Algernon Cadwallader with Pitfall. No, yeah, I, I like this kind of stuff. It, it's, yeah. And it, I like how it's even produced kind of like late 90s too. Yeah. You know, it like, sounds like like a mic in an open room. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever listen to Cap'n Jazz? Oh yeah, yeah. I um, I mean, uh, what was that guy's? I'm uh, uh, based on the dude's name, the Kinsella brothers, right? Uh, yeah, Tim and Tim and Mike Kinsella. Okay. Um, he had a band. One of those guys had a band called uh, Make Believe. Mm-hmm. That was after Captain Jazz that I really liked a lot. I liked that record a lot. Um, but yeah, you know. It, promise ring with i think was tied into that yeah um so yeah i remember all this stuff it was like this these guys do it really well it's kind of like eerie like if you told me this is the record came out in like 2000 i'd be like oh yeah sounds like it you know did you know these guys because you like some kind of new emo stuff yeah yeah I, i knew of them this was probably above my pay grade in terms of what i was actually willing to give the time of day like i was pirating all of my music back then because mm. no cds were sold nearby streaming wasn't as big well it wasn't it just wasn't a thing before uh back when i was listening to this music well, is, in this middle old or is this new uh this is from 2011 so oh, okay depending so, on if that's old to yeah. you yeah um, i guess it's well it depends i mean i was 18 and spotify was just not a thing yet uh, itunes was a thing i didn't have money sure uh you know youtube was a thing I didn't want to be allowed to knock to my computer. So I was pirating a lot of music and it was like, am I going to go with what's immediately gratifying and catchy? Or am I going to go with something that's maybe more satisfying in the end, but a little harder, a little bit yeah, higher yeah. barrier entry. And this was higher barrier entry stuff. My brother got into them. So I did hear them. Uh, but I think it was only later that I started listening to them on purpose. 
Yeah, I really dig this. I mean, they, you know, they, I say we're probably a little bit later compared to some of the stuff I was talking about. Yeah. But, you know, they definitely were in that tradition squarely. Um, are they still a band? I don't think so. Let me Google. Or maybe, are they named after, no, like, wait. a character in, like, a Charles Dickens novel or something? Like, I want to say it's just a made-up name, but let me confirm. It sounds very, like, you know, I don't know, an old book character. Yeah, yeah. Um, it seems like they actually did get back together this year. Uh and uh, Wikipedia is not very helpful in terms of finding out why they're named the way they are. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's music that I find myself drawn to these days. That excuse me again, the the algorithm machine tends to put a lot of that in front of me now. You know, the good and the bad. So I found uh, a, a good few artists and songs that have in that genre that have started to tickle my ears. So I look forward to expanding my knowledge of that. Uh, I should make sure that I know who actually suggested that song to us. Uh, that one was. From Drew Mascarelli, uh, who said uh, it was that he saw their ten-year return, excuse me, reunion in October of this year, and without any exaggeration, it was the best live performance I've ever seen. Nice. These guys rip. I love a good, a good show that you've been anticipating for for months and years. Um, and it sounds like that one was was one for you, Drew. Thanks for passing along a little bit of your joy with Algernon Cadwallader's Pitfall. Um, that was the last song in the actual playlist, man. Anything yeah. you want to zazz on them before we uh, put this thing uh, on on the shelf for a little while? Yeah, I mean, you know, just to reiterate, I just want to, you know, I just want to thank everybody that listened to the show um, that, you know, or told people about it or participated, you know, in any way on Twitter, on Discord or in, you know, Patreon. Um, You know, truly, it's been an amazing experience. The reception has been so much more uh, than I could have anticipated. Um, So, and and, and just so positive and supportive and Mm -hmm. just, you know, people that are passionate about music. And, you know, through shows like this, you know, I've, I've, and our guests, you know, like, I mean, I know more than your average bear probably about music, but, um, you know, I've been introduced to tons of, tons of amazing music through this show. So it was a learning experience, I think for us too. And like I said, you know, I mean, I, I think that we're going to figure out a way that to make this work and it might be in a little different form or, or some, some sort of tweaks to the formula. But, mm-hmm. um, I think for now we're just, we just need a little break. I don't know. You want to say anything, Jason? I want to say thank you for letting me talk about the Doobie brothers, everybody. Uh, yeah. we, that was, this, <laughs> that might've been the joke that kicked off the whole idea for this podcast. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm glad we finally got to see it come to fruition. Um, we're, we're going to come back with a, just going through the entire Doobie brothers catalog in great <laughs> don't detail. Don't spoil it. God. Um, no, Every, I, I, it's actually going to be by sides. So like one episode will be side A of the first album and side B. So it'll be Listen, a long so the fir- mini series. The first, yeah. the first half of Minute by Minute seems stacked. It's got all the hits, but on the B side, that's where the real heat is. I, I will, I will remind uh, all of you listeners that the show has uh, and will continue to be free to listen to in whatever format you take it in. Uh, find it on your local podcast provider, local podcast provider. Uh, suggest it to a friend. All these episodes will still be up there. I don't think we're going to take them down anytime soon. 66 episodes as of this publishing. Uh, and we got a lot of great guests and backlog. We've got a lot of great discussions. Um, just a hell of a lot of fun making it. And uh, and we can't wait to uh, you know see where it goes. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much. Thanks to everyone that contributed, um, you know, picks for this episode. I'm sorry, you know, we can only get through so many in the space allotted. Um, and, you know, we just, I think shuffle is the only fair way to do it. So that's what we've done. Um, again, overwhelming gratitude to you guys. Thanks so much. And uh, we're going to, we'll see you around. Take care. Everybody.